0: Our first guest, I'd like to welcome him to the program, Dr. Mark Loeb. Um, He is with Infectious Diseases, and he works at McMaster University. Welcome to the show, Mark. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, and I should say welcome to the show, doctor, because
1: you you. are a doctor. Yes, yes. Thank you.
0: Um, So Health Canada issued a warning uh, this month, and basically the warning was homeopathic remedies um uh, like nozodes they are not vaccine alternatives i have never heard of the nozode until health canada issued this warning i'm sure i'm not alone on this so maybe you could run through what they actually are well
1: that's a that's a really good uh, question nozodes are they're i consider them like homeopathic vaccines they're extraordinarily dilute substances that are said to contain a particle of a pathogen like a bacteria or a virus. And it's meant to you, it's meant to sort of fight off symptoms uh, of someone who might have this sort of of infection. Uh, But it's extraordinarily dilute. And there have been clinical studies, uh, that is, studies with, you know, that didn't, look at the the immune response in people that for influenza that have suggested some benefit from these uh, from these products but the you know the the biological uh, the plausibility of this is is really really low
0: it's interesting because you use, use the term homeopathic vaccines but the health canada is saying they're not a vaccine alternative i know that you've studied uh these uh, quite intensely you actually did a double blind uh a trial on this placebo-controlled trial. Tell us a little bit about that and why they're not vaccine alternatives.
1: Sure. So, absolutely correct. These are not vaccine alternatives. But the fact is, is that our concern has been more and more there's this phenomena of vaccine hesitancy. And that's sort of like often it's parents sort of sitting on the fence. They go to anti-vaxxer sites and they read something that you know that that uh, people shouldn't be giving themselves or their children uh, vaccines and they become very worried but at the same time they also read about outbreaks of measles in in, unpo- in unvaccinated populations so the concern we had is this sort of vaccine hesitancy phenomena could lead to people looking for alternatives and i could say you know by the number of emails i've gotten uh, that's a case i've got to get emails from parents saying you know can you tell us the results of the study so what we wanted to do be- is see what the immune response to these nozodes were because there's there was no uh, previous studies done, and there was these clinical studies that, that that were published in homeopathic vaccines that you know we really didn't believe them, but they they suggested the benefit. so we said, okay, so let's take one hundred and fifty university students we'll take a third of them and then and we'll randomize them to these nozodes, a third will get the conventional vaccines, and the third and another third will just get placebo and we'll look at the antibody response or the immune response. Uh, of the body to all of these different uh, interventions. And what we found was with the nozodes, there was actually no immune response whatsoever, which was similar to placebo. And of course, with the conventional vaccines, there was a you know, rigorous uh, immune response.
0: Right. And that's what a vaccine is meant to do to trigger your immune system to develop the antibodies so you can fight anything like that.
1: That's, that's correct. And, and we were looking at a wide range of uh, childhood uh, uh, vaccines like diphtheria tetanus pertussis uh, uh, and measles and, and mumps and, and again we found that the conventional vaccine had a very rigorous response but absolutely nothing within the nosos or the placebo basically proving that the, that the nozos are no better than placebo
0: so you and other health experts are saying you know health canada they issued the warning uh, that homeopathic nozodes are not vaccine alternatives, but they're still allowing them to be sold. So maybe this doesn't go far enough.
1: Well, that's what we think. I mean, they give a DIN number, which is a drug information identification number, to these products. And they actually reference, you know, uh, references from the 19th century um, in support of these, of these products. And, and to us, that's totally ridiculous that, you know, at least... Telling people that uh, that these products are not vaccine alternatives is a step in the right direction, but they shouldn't be licensed in the first place.
0: Well, if they have a DIN number, it instills public confidence. It's confusing. That's
1: correct. That's correct. So, and part of the reason for us for doing the study was: look, we re- we realized that you know we weren't going to change. The, uh, the belief system of those with strongly held beliefs, the anti-vaxxers, but for the vaccine-hesitant parents, and anecdotally, I could tell you that, that they're interested in the results, that could make a difference. Uh, but also to Health Canada, because now Health Canada has a citation that they can use to show that there is no immune response. There's no good reason for them to be licensing these products.
0: We know the vaccine hesitancy. The World Health Organization is very worried about it. They feel that uh, if this continues, it's a great uh, threat to us that by 2050, uh, it will kill more people than cancer does. Let's just break this down here because I'm really interested. You've talked to parents that are vaccine hesitant. Is there a certain demographic that is more susceptible to this? Like, who are we talking about here?
1: i you know i can 't really tell you in details the the demographics because i haven 't done a large study but what from what i could see it's it 's you know from all all walks of of society it 's people who are just very concerned they 're typically they 're you know they 're inte- intelligent they ask good questions yet they see misinformation and um you know I think they obviously they have the best interests of their children but they 're misguided in the sense that they 're taking uh, you know they're they're taking what they see on the internet as as truth in terms of the anti-vaxxer sites which are very sophisticated
0: right these aren't people that don't care about their kids
1: no they care about their kids and again they're they're saying to me look you know i want to find out what the results of your study is because you know i i uh, i'm concerned about vaccines but i'm also concerned about Having my child unvaccinated, knowing that, you know, that they're at risk for getting measles.
0: Who is telling these people to go in and take nozodes instead of, you know, as a vaccine alternative, which to, I'm going to stress, it isn't. You've proven that it's not a vaccine alternative, but who is steering people towards this?
1: Well, so I can't. Again, there. Uh, you know, I'd like to talk. Uh, you know, from large empiric studies, and, yeah. and it's interesting because I I don't have any data. We we tried to actually look at do a study with a with a medical student and with a homeopath to to, to find out a survey how are these products used, and there was nothing out there. That, I don't think the homeopathic community was very interested in, in, in participating in our, in our survey. So there's not very, very good data as to what extent they're used. But there, there clearly are examples where they are used. There's been a concern in British Columbia, for example. Uh, the extent of it, we don't know. But it is a concern as the anti-vaxxer movement increases in size, it becomes more and more uh, of a concern.
0: Listen, not all homeopathic remedies are are horrible or r- really bad for you. I mean, you know, there there are remedies where they say, you know, put a little peppermint in some warm water and steam yourself. Uh, you know, if you've got a cold or something, that that's not going to really hurt you one way or the other. Um, but should we be regulating homeopathy a little more stringently than we do already?
1: Yeah, well, I can only talk really talk to the, the, the you know, to the nose out of the vaccine side because yeah. that's my area. And, and, and I think that's a very serious area, uh, you know, it's a serious area for concern. And I think we need to, to be doing a, a better job getting the word out that these products are not alternatives to conventional uh, vaccinations and that, uh, you know, Health Canada shouldn't be licensing them in the first place.
0: Would you like a major education campaign?
1: Uh, A major education campaign is is always good. You know, uh, I don't think a study like we did needs to be repeated because it's conclusive. It Mm -hmm. means that, you know, you can go backwards and interpret those studies that show a benefit saying, well, this doesn't make sense. There's no there's no immune response. There's no need to do, uh, you know, a further study in the future. Uh, And the result should be shown to to health candidates say, look. You know, here there's proof. You can you could use this as a citation. Just stop licensing these products.
0: And what about the sale? Would you like them taken off the market?
1: Um, I I don't. I, I just don't see the the point of them. Uh, mm-hmm. If they're being you know if they're if they're being used as uh, interventions to prevent infection, they they should not be marketed for that purpose.
0: Dr. Loeb, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. That is Dr. Mark Loeb. He's the head of the Division of Infectious Diseases at McMaster University, and although Health Canada uh, urged that people stop using these homeopathic products that claim to be vaccine alternatives um, on their kids and on themselves, they just don't go far enough. Uh, A lot of experts saying they should just not be sold and certainly not given a DIN number, which they have. It's very confusing. We just make it easier for everyone here.